Welcome to the Enterprise Hubs podcast. By the podlet yma yma yn cyfweld am rhywiaeth o wahanol fusnesau sy wedi lleoli yma yng ngogledd yr llewyn Cymru. A bwriad yw ysbiroli chi sy'n gwrando i gychwyn ar y syniau busnes na sydd bod yn eich meddwl ers oes, a meddwl os dyn rhai'n gallu wneud o pan fedda i ddim. During this podcast, we've been interviewing various businesses who are based here in Northwest Wales. The intention being to inspire you all listening to start on that business idea you've had in your mind for ages. To think if they can do it, why can't I? A cofiwch, mae'r hwb mentor yma i chelpu gyda nogaeth, cefnogaeth a gofod swyddfa am ddim. Cych fynediad i ymgynhorydd busnes, llwyth o ddigwyddiadau diddorol a cymuned y bobl eraill yn yr un sefyllfa chi. Am fwy o bodaeth, cysylltwch am i Sara neu Siân ar post.hwbmentor.cymru neu 1248 Mae'r hwb mentor yn raglen ar y cyd rhwng mentor môn ac emsbac wedi ei rhannu gan arian i ardiraeth drwy Lotraeth Cymru. Remember, the Enterprise Hub is here to help you by providing encouragement, support and office space for free. You'll have access to a business advisor, loads of interesting events and a community of like-minded individuals in the same situation as you. For more information, contact me, Sara or Sian on post.hubmentor.wales or 01248 858 070. The Enterprise Hub is a programme run in collaboration between Mentor Mon and Emspark, ERDF funded through the Welsh Government. Hebo i di pellach, dewch yn i gwled basic yn ein busnes i rannu gyda chi wythos yma. Wynhewch! Without further ado, let's see what our businesses have to share with you this week. Enjoy! Hello, Alana Spencer. Lovely to meet you. You too. We're in Emspark today. Um, you're going to be speaking a little bit later, so mm-hmm. we're definitely looking forward to catching a little bit of that. We were just hoping that we could ask you a couple of questions about your journey. I've done a little bit of research. You've been running business for 10 years now. You started when you were 17. There was a name change at some point, wasn't mm-hmm. there? Applied for junior apprentice at yeah. some point. Good Obviously research. got to the apprentice, <laughs> yeah. won the apprentice, yeah. first Welsh person to win it. I wanted to wave the... What's that comedian's name? Is Rod it Rod? Rod? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to wave around the flag because I saw that these guys were like, no, that's too cringy. Um, so, yeah, it's their fault. I actually ruined a joke of his. That was a, meant to be a gag. And because I wasn't born in Wales, I was meant to say, oh, I'm not actually Welsh. But mm. because I feel very much like Wales is my home, I just let yeah. him do it. And he said to me afterwards, he's like, you ruined my joke. <laughs> in terms of business, it sounds like you've, um, you've definitely been successful in it. Um, definitely been inspirational and that's what we're trying to uh, capture trying to obviously inspire people who are thinking about businesses people who just have ideas mm-hmm. that want to turn them into reality so trying to find out about what gave you the confidence to do that overcome self-doubt um, and even just the idea like how you came up with the idea how you came up with the steps that you took whether you're moving strategically like I needed to do this and that um, I do rem- <laughs> <laughs> way off course oh yes goal settings okay yeah the apprentice is where uh, pretty much everybody got to know you from it's one of the things that probably brought you a lot of exposure so how was the 12-week process um generally um it was horrendous mm. <laughs> it was i feel like so when i do talks like i'm doing today mm-hmm that most of the time I just sort of go, and then I did The Apprentice and got launched as an investment and really breeze over it. And I feel like that's because it was so intense and such a crazy experience that I've almost just blocked it out of my memory. Mm. Um, obviously, it's, it's um, helped me massively. And I, uh, you're right, I applied for the junior. Um, and then I applied again the year after for the adult apprentice. Oh, was and that then, that quick turnaround? Uh, no, so I did junior, adult, did very badly the second year of applying and just basically put it to the side and thought, okay, 
apprentice isn't for me. And then seven years later, um, had taken the business then from where I was then to making myself and my partner a really nice salary, but not knowing then how to go up the next level. Mm -hmm. And so I just on a whim decided that I'd give it another go. Um, Didn't really expect to do as well as I did. Um, uh, And yeah, it was was amazing. I learned so much along the way. And I think what I learned mostly is to have belief in myself. I had a real um, personal journey in there where I took a real hit in the first couple of weeks and that really affected me mentally Um, and I almost had to then rebuild myself and I think I then rebuilt myself, it sounds really cheesy, but I rebuilt a better version of myself Mm -hmm. that was a bit tougher Uh, and I'm still probably the least tough of all of the apprentice winners, knowing them all, Um, but I definitely learned to believe in myself a little bit more while I was in there. Okay, Um, I actually really like that because one of the points I was going to touch on was getting over self-doubt, like I said. Um, And actually, I think in one of the interviews that I saw, like you mentioned, that was, if if it wasn't in the context of The Apprentice, it was at least in the context of one of the things that you got out of business as you kept stepping up was getting over your self-doubt. So what would you say to somebody who's in that position at 70 or like, you know, 50, who's got an idea? I think I'm proof that someone with self-doubt can still go out and and do it Mm -hmm. and I don't think you want to completely get rid of self-doubt it's actually quite a good thing because it sanity checks you along the way Um, I very much believe in when I have an idea running it past people getting their opinions and then I've learned to make my decision based on everyone's feedback and stick with my decision and move forward with that Um, and I think it's it's very easy to just not question yourself and just go gung-ho into something Um, so I think work with your self-doubt because actually it can be quite beneficial along the, along the way. I, I really like that. I think I will stick with one more on The Apprentice. Actually two, no two, has to be two. So getting ready in 20 minutes. Yeah, is that true? Yes, it's absolutely true. That's what oh everyone asks goodness, me. Yeah. I have a funny story about that actually, which okay. I'll tell downstairs again. So you've got to laugh again as if it's the first time you've heard it. Okay, um, <laughs> will do. So you're so on edge in there that and you're really not aware of time you don't get a watch you don't get the time it's you don't get your phone the second the day you walk in they take away your credit card your keys your id and your phone and they keep all of that in their little locked away room wow um and there's no clocks in the house other than one that's on the oven which they can't help (laughs) so um the doorbell rings and myself and Gonya, who was in there with me jump out of bed I run into my little cupboard and start taking my hair rollers out and putting my makeup on because we thought someone was there to tell us um, that it was the task. Um, she comes, she goes downstairs, she comes back upstairs and she goes, Alana, get back into bed. We've been in bed for 20 minutes and it's just a delivery turning up. So you're literally that, you're that confused up. with times and oh. you're that wired that we literally had only been asleep for 20 minutes and we're like, right, it's the day, next day, task time. Um, and yeah, you have 20 minutes to get ready, it is that strict. And in that time, you have to get mic'd up, have breakfast, get yourself ready. Um, so, yeah. That was a lot. Yeah. And that, was that for five days a week for 12 weeks? Or seven days a week? For 12 um, weeks? No, you get one day off a week. So six days a week, yeah. Still. Okay. Um, sneaking the packaging out. That was the next one. Oh, you saw? I saw your vlog. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, put it on, you put it online. I can't yeah. not see that. Yeah. Um, so have you still got it? I've still got that, and I've still got um, a bottle of gin that we made in one of the tasks. Yeah, I went in with quite a full suitcase, and it was quite hard to close as it was, but I came out with an even fuller suitcase. 
Um, but yeah, there's quite a lot of momentum. So I've got a Liberties badge as, as well from the task that we did in Liberties. That's quite cool. Okay. All of these cool. things I wasn't supposed to take. Standard. <laughs> um, so have you kept, is there a reason you kept those? Do you feel like? Well, all of the things along the way are just little momentums. Like I said, it's such a whirlwind of an experience that sometimes um, without these little momentums, you sort of forget things. Mm -hmm. um, and I was really proud of the brand that we created or that I created on the last episode of The Apprentice. So being able to take that was quite cool. Yeah, okay. I like that. Uh, let's get into a little bit of goal setting. It's been three-ish years? Uh, yeah, two and a half. Since winning. So, you know, two and a half years. Did you set goals? Have you been hitting them? Challenges, the ones that you hit, how do you celebrate them? The ones that you miss, how do you then reconcile, say, in terms of rebuilding yourself or just dealing with getting through that challenge? How do you approach it? So, one thing I really didn't do pre-apprentice was set goals. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was a big downfall of the business. We were almost busy fools in a way. Um, we knew how we could go to a food festival and take some uh, a lovely load of cash home, but we never knew how we could then take that cash and invest it and grow it. Um, and one thing that has been amazing off the back of winning, and actually one of the best things that's come from it, is you have to, every, every month we have a board meeting with Lord Sugar and the rest of the team, um, and every year we do a financial forecast based on the plans that we've got. And if anything changes in the plans, you have to revisit the forecast, um, which is just constantly revisiting your plan and your focus. Um, and so I don't necessarily have set goals, but what I do have is this budget and this forecast and these board meetings that keep me on track. Okay. And not everyone can have that, obviously, but you, what you can do is have your own written down plan and your own written down forecast. Mm. Um, and just revisit it all the time. And I find that really important. Sometimes it can be, it can be the best and it can be the worst thing because if you're not hitting your targets, it's it can be upsetting. But if you're burying your head in your sand and not looking at where you want it to be, then you don't know where you are and you'll get happy with your lot. And it's important to, mm. if you want to drive forward, it's important to not kind of push that stuff to the side. Um, oh, actually, you know what? I wanted to ask you specifically about vlogging. Yeah. Okay, so what made you start? I don't vlog that much, in all honesty, actually. It's mm -hmm. something that I really want to do more of. I've done a few, mm -hmm. um, and I did quite a lot of YouTube stuff um, straight off the back of The Apprentice. Um, and it's one of the best things, sort of telling myself off here, it's one of the best things I can do for my business, but finding the time in amongst the not-so-exciting bits is quite challenging. Mm -hmm. um, I try to do as much as I can on Instagram uh, in terms of day-to-day -day following the business. But that's hard as well because when you're having, at the moment we're setting up a bakery which is so exciting um, oh, yeah. and we've gone from outsourcing to um, the process of setting up this bakery. And so this is actually probably the most exciting time to be filming but I'm so stressed <laughs> about setting the bakery up. Actually nobody wants to see that. So um, yeah, I would love to do it more but my own head gets in the way sometimes. Okay. In terms of business, did you see the benefits that would come off it or did you yeah. just start because you felt like it and yeah with the instagram as well so why do you take those ones seriously because obviously we're talking about these in a business context when it comes to melding business and social 
it's still one of those things that not all businesses have really kind of captured mm-hmm. or, or even see the importance of mm-hmm. um, in today's world. So like that's what I'm kind of trying to get to the bottom of. Why do you see that as important? Do you have any influences, any, anybody you watch vlogging? So I think the most important thing about um, getting in front of a camera and, and letting people see the business journey for me is that I realised that ridiculous people can make delicious cakes. There's a lot of stores down the road can make a delicious chocolate brownie. But it's about people buying into you as the business and, and myself as the brand. Um, and people, people buy into people. And I think that's why uh, vlogging and filming and showing people the journey is, is important to get people to care enough to support you. Um, so my biggest inspiration in business is a brand called Deliciously Ella, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's a massive brand. Um, and she has very much kind of paved the way I've gone in terms of her. Um, she follows her journey in the business, but also her passion for food. So she's a health blogger. Mm-hmm. So she follows her passion for healthy food and basically her motto is making vegetables cool. Um, and so what I'm trying to do is use that as an inspiration. Um, for myself. Okay, transition. So from the research I did, it doesn't seem like you really had a transition from a nine to five to a business owner. So like, I'm not really sure, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But you still had a transition essentially from a person that was in school age to where you are now. Mm -hmm. So like, what was that like for you going from wherever you were to full-time business owner Mm -hmm. mode? So I started my business alongside school. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 17, I rented a kitchen um, and I would go there after school on the bus. It was in a hotel and I would make chocolates at the time. And um, so I was sort of already doing it and I'd say the biggest transition I, I made was going from school education to making that decision to leave education um, at 17 or 18. Um, to, to do it full time um, and for the first year I think it was almost like it was very exciting uh, but I maybe didn't do as much as I could have been doing I was probably working three days a week mm-hmm. um, one day baking and then two days at a farmer's market or an event or whatever um, but in year two when people started going to university that's when reality hit that people have now left school and they've gone to start their futures mm-hmm. and so I need to work as hard as I can because I'm not going to university and the only thing I've got to fall back on is me Um, and so from about the age of 18, 19 onwards um, up until about the time I applied for The Apprentice I would have about two weeks off and it would be January and the rest of the time I'd be working solid Um, and it's only now recently now that we've got these ambassadors that I've been able to take weekends off that's only been in the last two years that I've even experienced a weekend Mm. um, which has been lovely Um, but it is really important to put all the hours in at the beginning because Mm. that's when you're sort of building the foundation yeah I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think so one of the a couple of the people that we mentioned anyway uh, Gary Vee being one of them a lot of the thing that he talks about is young entrepreneurs who just see a place that you're at now and they don't know about the years of not having weekends, mm-hmm. for instance. Like they just don't understand that that's what it took to get you to this place. Mm. So um, it's it's definitely one of the one of the points that I'd like to. Oh, he's not saying anything to us. I think that's one of the big reasons Lord Sugar invested in me is because 
at the time I was in The Apprentice, he, I was working every hour and I was putting everything into it. And mm. I think he knew that if all else, she can go to the events herself and we'll still have a great business. So mm. um, I think kind of shows you've got to be willing to do it yourself, otherwise no one's going to invest in you or back you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the support from your parents around that time, please. At the beginning? So, yeah. So, yeah, when you were starting, I suppose. So I've got notes about the kitchen extension, support from your parents' health in general, how that gave you a leg up and got you over the bits as well, like the bits that were challenging. Them. So my parents have been amazing. Um, I... <laughs> when I left school, they I left school initially because I had failed my AS levels. And I remember, my dad's very academic, my mum's very creative. Um, and I remember sitting down with them both. Because uh, I'd done very well in my GCSEs, unexpectedly well. I'm dyslexic and no one really expected that I'd do well. I surprised myself. And so I was very much pushed into go and do your A-levels. Because you never know, you might want to go to university. And I think at that point... I went to do my A-levels to please them and not because it was what I wanted. What mm. I wanted was to start my business. And so after that year and after failing uh, all but one, uh, I sat down with them and had a conversation. And uh, my dad, who's really academic um, and who I, was, who I thought would say, go back, reset it, just said, look, just go and do it because, you know, this is what's for you now. Go and do it. And he said to me since, he said... Um, that he wasn't sure it was the right thing and um, because I don't think, you know, he, he didn't know, no one knew what I would do with it. Um, but that was the best feeling in the world when they were like, go out and do it. Um, so I did and I had, I was renting a kitchen and, and that was great, but it meant that I didn't have the flexibility that I, I wanted really to be able to make as many cakes as possible mm -hmm. and do as many events as possible because I was only able to use this kitchen at night. And so, yeah, they built a little extension on the house um, and I was able to put a little bakery in there. And it's actually still got all of the stuff in it at the moment. It? Uh, yeah, uh, it doesn't get used. It's also got my parents, it, I mean, it's got some worktops and some chickens in because my parents now just use it as their building because we, we don't have, we don't make anything ourselves at the moment. But we will be okay. <laughs> when we get to this new bakery. Okay. Um, but yeah, their support has been amazing. Sounds like it. You seem like you've actually got... So I don't know your parents or their backgrounds. You just mm -hmm. mentioned that they one of them's a creative and one, one of them's uh, scientific and academic, academic. So like, how do you feel like that balance of essentially creativity and academia could be kind of equated to business or whatever, but how do you feel like that's influenced you? So I'm definitely very creative. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed with your packaging, like you seemed really excited when you were discussing packaging. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm definitely not as creative as my mum. I think I've got a very nice balance of the two. Mm -hmm. um, my dad, yeah, he's in science, um, but actually what he does is within universities, he invests in businesses that are science related. Mm -hmm. um, so he does have a, a business tie there. Um, but I'm really fortunate that a lot of my extended family as well are in business. Um, my great granddad, um, he was a great businessman and my uncle is a great businessman and so I'm surrounded by um, very influential people um, so I think it's not just my parents although they've been amazing um, it's kind of everyone around me mm. okay best bits worst bits of running a business yeah I think okay so another bit of stalking 
tears and tantrums, what has been the most overwhelming combination of conditions? I remember you, you mentioned the delaminating, so is that still the worst? Or has something else come up? Um, and any products that didn't make it that you were kind of disappointed by? Um, the hardest thing for me has been, and the best thing, mm -hmm. so it's kind of both, outsourcing, losing the control of um, the cakes that I was making every single one by hand myself mm -hmm. was the hardest thing. So we moved to, initially we moved to one bakery and it was great, um, but there were some challenges. So we moved to another bakery um, in North Wales in Flint and they've been incredible. And it, it's almost as if I'm there making them myself, but still not quite. Mm -hmm. So in an ideal world, I would be doing a new product every week I would be doing um, new package products every six weeks. I would launch a new package product. Um, and we've got the investment. It's there to do that. But working with um, and outsourcing and, and working with a manufacturer means you have to work to their time frames. So they've got us, but they've also got another five people that they're working with. Mm. So we can't just drop everything and make one tray bake for Alana because she wants it tomorrow. Mm. Um, and that has been the most challenging and frustrating thing and that is why we are now going back into manufacturing ourselves because the business is at the point now where it's got its foundations the business model is perfect in my eyes hopefully uh, time will tell um, and now it's just a case of um, getting the control back there and I think things should theoretically just take off a okay. Lot. okay love that um, last one sorry best bit of advice since since you've been in business? My biggest bit of advice is just to adapt. Don't think that the sun shines out of your eyes and that every idea you have is going to work because it actually won't. Uh, since The Apprentice, we've done about three different things, which were big launches, which didn't work the way I'd planned. And we've only now stumbled across two things, um, but intertwined with the ambassadors um, and everything else we've got going on that are going to skyrocket the business and that's our um, self-serve units and our grab-and-go bars and going into retail. If you're unable to adapt, your business will fail because you're going to come across things that aren't going to work and if you don't change them, uh, then you're just going to run it into the ground. So, adapt. Okay, thank you. No worries, thank you. Alana Spencer. Mm -hmm.